You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7, and it's game week it's game time basically uh we're, we're coming to you right before thanksgiving a little bit early uh, for a normal game week but uh, uh georgia south carolina bulldogs looking to go to six and two on the year uh south carolina mike bobo's interim head coach their storylines galore uh but we're going to jump right into it today with what we do every week and rusty your thoughts on this game how they've evolved as the week goes on and, and kind of what what are you looking for out of georgia this saturday well, you want to see where South Carolina is. And, you know, Georgia, they got some things to work on. They want to continue some offensive things. But, you know, I don't know that South Carolina is going to give them the issues that Mississippi State did in the passing game. Uh, Shy Smith not playing is uh, – doesn't sound like he's playing. So, that, that is a – that's a big deal for them. He, he kind of their guy. He's kind of their guy on the offense, offensive side of the ball. I'll say that, uh, you know, with Georgia, you want to continue, move forward. You want to continue to um, see what JT Daniels getting some live snaps. You want to obviously be able to run the ball. And listen, South Carolina's got some guys up front now. Some guys Georgia's recruited. When you start looking at Kingsley and Ogleberry, you look at uh, Jordan Burt, Zach Pickens, all those guys. They got some defensive guys up front. They don't have quite the depth, but they're starting four. Uh, was heavily recruited by a lot of schools and specifically Georgia on those three guys in particular. So, you know, can Georgia run the ball where they make some changes? It just This is a game you take the storylines out because there's a ton of storylines here with Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo, but neither one of those guys are playing. So in between, you know, the, the lines, you want to see Georgia go here, go to Columbia, handle business, and handle it uh, a lot better than they did last week against a team they should have beat more than what they did. Uh, you want to see Georgia go over there and, and uh, you know, come out of this game feeling better and heading into these last two or three games to end this season. And, look, it's all about can the defense improve? I think they will this week. A little different matchup. And can JT Daniels continue uh, to take steps forward in his second start? You know, we've talked a lot about this first start. We'll get another sample game out of him this week. So let's see where he is after this week. Uh, listen, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my short and quick. I'm not going to wait till after Kip goes. Just want to see a all-around crisp game from Georgia. I'm not saying a dominant, complete game necessarily, but see Georgia click in, in run game, pass game, defense, special teams, just play well in all three of those areas because Georgia hasn't done that in a single game for four quarters all year long. So put one of those together, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. It, you know, and it's not an ideal thing to try and expect to do that for the first time all year on the road, but it's definitely doable, and Georgia's more talented than South Carolina. South Carolina's missing a lot of stuff, a lot of players, and uh, this is a game where Georgia needs to come out and, and, and play a good, crisp grand brand of football and, and, uh, and, and, and maybe – maybe show off a little bit more than than it has at any point this season. I mean, Auburn's the closest thing they've had, but they only scored three points in the second half. So, 
uh, just a good all-around football game from Georgia is what a lot of people I feel like should be looking for and maybe even expecting at this kind of late junction of the season. Kip, what do you got? Well, I'll get into, I guess, the matchups that kind of matter a little, you know, toward the end of the show. But I think just taking what didn't work last week and seeing some improvement there, making some adjustments and just getting better quality of play. I mean, just the run game last week, I mean, that's as bad as we've seen it. You know, Kirby Smart era, I mean, you can you can go before that. It's one of the worst, you know, just outputs we've seen from Georgia's ground game in a while and so in in that aspect I mean just getting out there and being able to establish the run being able to run efficiently but also just defensively uh you know not really focusing so much on trying to create havoc plays which depending on what kind of statistic you look at they've had some success but really hasn't been much different than in years past but I mean, not allowing explosive plays, not allowing broken plays and coverage, not allowing, you know, teams to basically move up and down the field in the passing game. I mean, that's an aspect that, you, you know, I mean, you look at South Carolina, whether Colin Hill's starting, you know, uh, you know what who Bobo goes with at quarterback is, is obviously something that a lot of people are, are watching right now. But regardless of who plays quarterback for the Gamecocks, I think, I mean, Georgia's secondary needs to kind of step up, and but not just the secondary, just the overall defense. Dan Lanning, Kirby Smart, the game plan needs to be something that, that they can work with and they can play fast on defense and utilize that speed. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm like you said, it's about cleaning up some things that have plagued them all year. It's one thing whenever you, you know, you, you lose to an elite offense – you know, Alabama, Florida this year, they have two of the best offenses in the country. And I think it's actually kind of a good thing that Georgia played the way it did against Mississippi State because now you can't really use that argument to where Georgia's, Georgia's game plan is close. They just haven't gotten over the hump against an elite team. I mean, Mississippi State, we, we said it before. I mean, they came out there with less than 50 scholarship players and, and played Georgia to the very end. It was a tight game, much tighter than it should have been. That tells you a little bit more. Even though Georgia's got guys that were, you know, out and injured on defense, it tells you that the game plan should be adjusted a little bit on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think that Todd Munkin has done what they wanted him do, to do as far as opening the offense up. But again, the run game, if it's now going to be utilized to open up the passing game, it needs to be more productive. That offensive line has to do a better job. And then overall in defense, they got to find a way to to play fast and to be able to stay in front of the offense and then keep these guys in front of you, make them move down the field against you and create turnovers that way. Force quarterbacks to make elite throws against you instead of trying to affect the quarterback and then giving up explosive plays. I mean, this is a good opportunity for both of those aspects of Georgia's game to make improvements, and that's really what I'm looking for this weekend. All right, let's audible here real quick, do something a little different than we normally do. We normally talk about the storylines and the matchups going into games like this. Let's let's skip that, and I just want to talk about maybe expectations for JT Daniels because 
you know, obviously you come off a game where you complete, you know, 72, 73% of your passes for 400 yards. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, a real strong showing from the Georgia quarterback. So Rusty, what do you expect to see from JT Daniels in a game like this? Uh, maybe not against the, as good a defense as he played last week, but one that's going to play him, uh, I, I would imagine a little more honestly and a little more straight up than, uh, than Mississippi state did. Yeah, he's going to be a little bit more patient. I think they're going to probably try to keep things in front of him and not let him, uh, you know, obviously with their two corners not playing and opting out, they're going to probably give them some help deep and try to make him come up and down the field on them uh, to drive the length and try to be patient with him. So we'll see there. Uh, He's going to have to go through his progressions, go through his reads. I still think he's going to get George Pickens and probably Jermaine Burton a couple of shots, but probably not going to get the the cover zero, like you said. Probably not going to just come all out and say beat us because, you know, South Carolina now has a, a, a game to look at and some of the things they felt like he probably did better. And uh, I would imagine on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to see, you're going to see a lot more trying to um, make him uh, fit some, some balls and some tighter windows underneath and, and those types of things. So, you know, to me, it's going to be about can Georgia run the ball? Can Georgia run the ball and force South Carolina to bring probably an extra guy down in, which will in turn uh, leave more of those one-on-one coverages on the outside, and that seems to be what JT Daniels likes. So I think he's going to get a different look this week, and we'll get another um, sample size out of JT Daniels. Uh, let's jump into a break real quick. On the other side, me and Kip going to give our observa- – or not observations, but expectations – of JT Daniels, and uh, then we're going to get into kind of breaking up, breaking down the game with players of the game, score predictions, all of that stuff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Kip, expectations for JT Daniels. Let's have them. Make smart decisions with the football. Like Rusty said, now there's film out there. Uh, you know, South Carolina knows that Georgia can move the ball downfield. They have weapons at wide receiver. They have a quarterback that make they can make every throw on the field. Uh, are, are they going to try to put pressure on him, or are they going to try to force him, you know, into some bad decisions? That's what I want to see from JT. It's not really about – trying to hit 400 yards again. I mean, really, if you look at the last game, it's it's not what you want. I mean, the numbers were great. The production was there. They don't win that game if he doesn't throw for over 400 yards. But just echoing what Rusty said and what I said earlier, this is a game where Georgia's running game should be able to set up the pass and, and put him in, you know, in a situation where the defense is keen in on the run or keen in more on the run 
and giving him some great opportunities to, to make plays downfield when he needs to. So for me, it's not about just seeing if he goes out there and goes 34 or 36 for 400. It's about seeing if he can have back-to-back games of not, you know, not turning the ball over and just taking care of the football and putting Georgia in a situation where they can get points on each possession. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, I expect Georgia's offense to play really well on Saturday. And I, and I expect it because a lot of the defensive philosophies that South Carolina employs, that, that Tavares Robinson is going to employ, are, are very similar to what Georgia does. The matching patterns and, and, uh, and, and yeah, a lot of man coverage, but some man coverage with help and combination coverages where you play one coverage to the boundary and one coverage to the field. I mean, I do think South Carolina is going to mix it up a little bit more, but I think it's going to be a lot of stuff that JT Daniels has seen already, especially when Georgia goes good on good in practice. And I think that can also carry over to the offensive line and the run game um, because one thing that, that Mississippi State did uh, with uh, against Georgia's front is they took a lot of chances, and, and not necessarily from putting nine men in the box. I mean, there, there was a lot of zero coverage. There are a lot of run blitzes and run stunts that you know South Carolina may try to use some of that but that's not something they're going to execute at a high level at maybe as high a level as Mississippi State did because Mississippi State um, it has done a good job of trying to help make teams one dimensional this year I don't know that South Carolina is going to necessarily do that and and one another thing I want to add here is this and and it it I think one area where Georgia's offensive line and it's going to direct be directly related to JT Daniels to where they're going to be stressed a little bit more is Against Mississippi State, those dudes up front knew the pressure was coming. And, you know, I was talking with a good friend of mine earlier this week that's a defensive coordinator at the high school level, and he was like, you know, when you blitz as as heavily and as much as Mississippi State did, the effectiveness of that blitz is going to be dialed back some just because, you know, you, you get the offensive line in, in kind of hypervigilant mode there, knowing that you're going to be bringing guys from all over the place. And they don't get lulled to sleep at all. There's, there's really – it's, it's kind of like all fastball, no changeup, all fastball, no, no all speed. Um, South Carolina is going to mix it up a little bit better. And I think Georgia's offensive line is going to have to play better than it did last week in pass protection because the challenge is going to be greater. Uh, you know, South Carolina's got some good players up front. But at the same time, when when they're mixing it up a little bit more, and and you know, there uh, maybe a blitz comes on second down, and you don't see another one for two or three plays, and then it comes again, it's kind of it's it's kind of hard to switch modes. I wouldn't say hard, but it's more difficult than it was against Mississippi State to change up those those uh, the, the you know your just change speeds there. So I think that's going to be a key for Georgia in this game. And and as far as JT Daniels goes, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I think he's going to see a lot of stuff that he's seen before, but, but I think Rusty probably drove the nail in with one swing when he said, be more patient because there's going to be some times on, you know, second and 12 or second and 11 or second 15 after a penalty where, Daniels isn't going to be able to look for Jermaine Burton running wide open over the top with no help because he's going to have to kind of hit something underneath because South Carolina's going to let the umbrella out a little bit and and play a little bit use a little bit more diversity on defense and um you know I'm I'm interested to see if they bait him into a mistake or two or something like that I want to see how he responds to that um I definitely don't expect 401 yards and four touchdowns again but you never know you you think that at some point there's going to be a struggle. There is with every quarterback as they get it going and, and, and with JT Daniels getting it going again. 
but I'm not sure this week is going to be the week for that simply because of the familiarity and, and what he'll be dealing with. Uh, let's get into this game a little bit more. And, uh, Rusty, starting with you, man, uh, let's, let's talk predictions here. Let's talk uh, – how do you see this game going? Who's player the game? What's your score prediction? Um, I think I went – did I go – I think I went Kyrus Jackson last week, and he had a good game, but uh, obviously it was Jermaine Burton, that guy. I, I think George is going to rebound. I think George is going to rebound running the ball, and I think they're going to uh, – physicality, I think just kind of knowing Kirby Smart – and who he is, um, George is going to get back and, and start controlling the line of scrimmage. They, but before anything, Georgia wants to run the football. I mean, JT Daniels, whoever, it doesn't matter. Georgia has to be able to run the football. Could not do it last week. I guarantee you those practices have been physical uh, in Athens this week, especially for the offensive line group. So I, I'll go um, – I'll go Zamir White. I think Zamir White's going to have a big game. Uh, he's from North Carolina over there. That area kind of be a closer home game for him, probably a little extra juice. And, um, you know, I know everybody wants to see JT Daniels throw over 400 yards again, and it probably not going to happen this week in my opinion. I think Georgia will get back to running the football, try to get that fixed. I think JT Daniels will get his shots. He'll be able to take some shots down the field. But I'm going to go with uh, Zamir White, and I think Georgia – uh, I think Georgia wins um, 34, 13 I'll go 34-13. All right, Kip, what you got, man? I like it. I like that. I, uh, You know, it's real easy for me to look at this game and see that what Georgia did well last week is also what South Carolina really doesn't do well. You know, Georgia, they averaged over 10 yards per pass attempt last week. I mean, they they hadn't done that this year. And they hadn't done it in like 17 games. I think I looked back to last year, it was like Murray State and Arkansas State were the only time that Georgia averaged over 10 yards per pass. And you look at South Carolina's pass defense, you know, they're allowing nine yards to throw. They're giving up, you know, 280 yards per, per game. It's not great. And, and they have multiple cornerbacks that have opted out of the rest of, rest of the season. So that they don't even have the guys that were in there, you know, doing what they've been doing this year against the pass. It it looks really good. And their and their their punt return and kickoff returns, they've allowed a lot on, on both units as well. So you could look at Kiaris Jackson and, and it'd be an easy pick for him this this week. It just it really lines up well with that. But you know what? I'm gonna go kind of like Rusty said, just this week of practice. Some guys have been, you know, called out and tested, I would imagine, and, and practice after the outing. I'm actually going to go a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to go with Georgia's offensive line. I think that's going to be, the, you know, just the player of the game, the MVP of the game is going to be the offensive line, not just protecting JT Daniels, but but also just establishing, you know, the line of scrimmage, establishing that run game, and, and really just having a bounce-back performance when, I mean, they really – what happened last week should have should have never happened. There, you should never have a game where Georgia can't get, you know, to the fifty yard mark as far as rushing yards. And you definitely should be able to average much better than what they did. Obviously, the total was affected uh, by the number of times you know JT Daniels got hit behind, behind the line of scrimmage. But just allowing whoever has the ball to get hit on behind the line of scrimmage, it just shouldn't happen the way it did last week. It was I think it was like eleven tackles for loss. 
that's a rough, rough number. I mean, especially again against the opponent. So, you know, I, I like Georgia's offensive line to bounce back, kind of show what, what they're capable of, you know, Matt Luke, to get that unit ready to play against, uh, again, a, a, a defensive line that, that Rusty said has a lot of guys that Georgia recruiting fans should be familiar with. But at the same time, uh, Georgia's got talent there. They're, they're able to, you know, they're capable of doing better. And, and I look for them to, to do well in this game. I got Georgia winning 35 to 14. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm kind of in the same group as you guys. I, I do expect Georgia to roll in this game. Um, you know, we all expected them to roll last week. It didn't work out that well. Uh, but I, I do have that expectation for this game. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of the offensive line bouncing back, and, and, and I do think the run game is going to look a lot better. But I'm going to go defense on my player of the game because I think if Georgia's going to roll, Georgia's going to have South Carolina in a spot where they're going to kind of be throwing to catch up. And, you know, I, I like I like outside linebackers. I like pass rushers when you get in those situations. But I'm kind of going a little bit off the – not necessarily off the map, but but maybe digging down a little deeper into that group. Um, and it's not that deep because this guy's one of the top three sack guys on the team. But I like Adam Anderson in a game like this. I think – you know, Anderson's made some key plays in in games this year, and he made he had a big one last week against Mississippi State when he batted a pass on third down. I think Adam Anderson's a guy that when when they turn him loose, when when Mike Bobo has to kind of spread him out and try to play catch up in this game, you're going to see Adam Anderson make some big plays. It's the type of game where Adam uh, can come up with a couple sacks, uh, a batted ball, maybe another tackle for a loss. He makes a lot of plays when he's in the game. Seems like he's earning some opportunities to be in there on some earlier downs. Um, and and that's a that's a prediction I feel like is probably not going to look good for a couple quarters because it's going to be the second half before you see a lot of him um, as, as South Carolina throws the catch up. But I do expect Georgia to jump out front. I think stopping the run for Georgia is so key in this game because South Carolina's got a pretty good little run game there. I mean, that Harris kid for them is a very good football player. He's a bowling ball. He's tough to tackle. And uh, I think he can he can give Georgia problems if they're not very much on their P's and Q's when it comes to the run game. And, you know, if Shy Smith doesn't play, that allows Georgia to maybe commit some extra resources and slow South Carolina a little bit more. One thing we know about Mike Bobo is that he's got some creativity in the run game. He's, he's He did a really good job of it at Georgia. I look at that 2014, and, yeah, they had some stud tailbacks. And that offensive line played really well for most of the year. But it wasn't a an extremely gifted offensive line. It just played really well together. And there was some creativity with the toss sweep, with the misdirection stuff, with the, in, with the zone and the man blocking and all the different things Georgia did kept teams off balance. Uh, I think he's probably going to have to try and do that some to Georgia on Saturday. I don't necessarily think it's going to work out all that well. Um, I'm taking Georgia. They're going to score a little bit more than I, I than you guys have in predicted score. I'm going to say 41 for Georgia, and I'm going to say uh, 14 for South Carolina. And and I think Adam Anderson's a guy that's going to really shine and and get after it in this game. All right, guys, that that happened a little quicker than than what it normally happens for us for a podcast. So one part and shot on this game, maybe one. Um, you know, since we since we audible to JT Daniels instead of the matchup. Maybe one quick matchup you're watching in this game um, and or, or one quick player that you're watching this game to kind of have a breakout. Rusty, start with you. Um, I want to see um, if they get Darnell Washington more involved. I mean, here's a guy that we think uh, very talented. Uh, just haven't found a way to get him involved. Let's see if JT Daniel, uh, if they tighten down the outside and open up the middle, let's see if JT Daniel uses Darnell Washington. 
Kip, what you got, man? I like that. I like that. Uh, you know what? I, I want to see, you know, he's played for the most part pretty well this year, but, you know, I want to see Nicobe Dean, just him match up with Kevin Harris. I mean, I, I think Georgia's – we're talking about Georgia's defense a lot recently. We've talked about them not exactly performing up to the preseason expectations, but they're still the best run defense in the conference. And if Kevin Harris is South Carolina's best offensive weapon, well, I mean – you could argue Dean's Georgia's best defensive player, and I want to see him match one, you know, one on one. If he can just lower his shoulder and and keep him from getting extra yards and, and and meet him in the hole, so I just think it's it's a great best on best matchup whenever South Carolina's on offense. Going kind of in that same Adam Anderson vein, I'm wondering I'm wondering what we're going to see out of Kenny McIntosh in this one because I say that. Because you, you look back at that game last week, and Kenny McIntosh was so good in blitz pickup. And, you know, Kurt, the, the coaching staff is so big on that. They're so big on doing the unselfish things like that. And, and listen, Zamir White and James Cook did a great job too. Um, but but I, I just, you know, Kenny McIntosh is so versatile. You saw him really involved in the passing game against Tennessee. Caught some big passes there. I, I, I'm, I think he might have one of those James Cook's uh, uh, stat lines from the the Alabama game or or the uh, Kentucky game where he catches a couple balls, he has a few good runs, gets over a hundred total yards because I, I definitely think that that he's a guy that that they're going to want to get involved more. He's he's further removed from that injury. He got a chance to get out there and knock some of the rust off against uh against Mississippi State and I think Kenny McIntosh is a guy to keep an eye on in this game because you know he he did some of the unselfish things really well and that may result in more opportunities for him in, in a game like this and uh that's all we got for this one folks uh we will be back with you uh after the South Carolina game either on Sunday or Monday to break that one down for you and then get into what was scheduled as the season finale but likely won't be still a game against Missouri that hasn't been rescheduled uh, but but we'll talk to you after the game. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from Dogs 24-7, and you guys take it easy. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.